You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our lockdown rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give this great podcast to follow as well. That's simply at Lockdown Cubs. All right. Sad note, the Cubs lose to the San Francisco Giants by a score of 7-2. to I'm recording this at like 1 a.m. Um, no, it's not that late. It's close. It's past midnight, though. So I'm going to pump it full of energy, though, but we're probably going to keep this a tight one. This will be one of the shorter podcasts for you. Uh, Yes, we fall 7-2 to the San Francisco Giants. Not the start you were looking forward to on a seven-game West Coast trip, but that's okay. You can't really get too angry. You can't get too angry when your team is rolling the way the Cubs have been rolling. Nine of our last 10, 15 of our last 19. Because let's look on the bright side. The St. Louis Cardinals did lose. They lost by a score of 4-2 to two to the Cincinnati Reds, so the Cubs maintain their one-and-a-half game lead in the National League Central, so that's good to see. We'll, we'll go around the box score a little bit, go around the Central, see who won, see who lost. Also, I'd like to talk about umpiring as a whole because some poor, poor umping was yet again on display in San Francisco. And I want to relive a little bit. I've, I've done a little bit of this. I got a little nostalgic. We're going to get a little more nostalgic because Cubs Major David Ross mentioned how this was his first time back in San Francisco, playing the Giants since the 2016 National League Divisional Series. So we're going to examine that a little bit. And a couple Cubs players are coming off injury, so maybe we'll fiddle with possible lineup changes once this team gets a little bit healthier. All right, but let's talk about the game. Zach Davies was on the bump. Who He was okay, you know, okay a little bit. Uh, I feel bad for him in a sense because it was a 2-2 game when he got lifted. Rex Brothers came in, gave up a three-run shot to Brandon Crawford, and that basically was the nail in the coffin. It didn't need to be, but it kind of felt like that for whatever reason. The Cubs' defense as a whole was pretty sloppy. Javi Baez had an error that cost the Cubs a run while Davies was still on the hill. And yeah, it just didn't let you know. Ian Happ threw a ball that missed the cutoff man terribly. So you youngsters out there, hit your cutoff man. That's what he's there for. He is a man who wants to catch things. He, they line up. They practice this drill. The really good outfielders know you throw the ball with enough, like, oomph, you know what I mean? Enough behind it so that it's above the cutoff man's head, but he could still cut it if he needs to. That's what we, we, we practice that drill a lot in high school. I'm sure the Cubs do at their level too. Ian Happ is a, a fairly good center fielder overall. No real major complaints. But on that play, he kind of came up firing where it's like, dude, let's let's hit the line there, okay? And then Chris Bryant kind of had a similar thing too. Anyway, guys were taking the extra bases, and that's how they they tacked on and became a 7-2 game instead of 5-2. Because 5-2 going into the 8th and ninth, that feels very comebackable. That's a new word I just created here on the Lockdown Cubs podcast, comebackable. But once you had those two extra insurance runs, now it's looking like, all right, 7-2 now. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. We really screwed the pooch on this one, I think. So that yeah, it's just so yeah, some shoddy defense overall. The bats went completely silent after Jock Peterson hit the two-run homer to give the Cubs a two-one lead at the time. 
That was in the third inning. Jock Peterson actually took the first pitch, what would have been a home run at any other ballpark, even at this ballpark. But Duggar, the center fielder, made a nice catch. It did look like on replay. At first I thought, no, I think maybe that hits the top of the wall. But then on replay, I'm like, no, I think that clears. So Jock could have had two home runs. And Jock was due. Jock overall, since coming back from the IL, was hitting about 290, slugging real well, about 500. But that's a little, because really he was like one for his last 15 or something like that and just kind of struggling a little bit. Both Jock Peterson and Ian Happ need to get get going. And Jock had some really nice swings uh, in tonight's game. So hopefully being back on the West Coast where he played all of his baseball last year as a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers gets Jock comfortable again. And we see Jock uh, hitting balls into the bay like he did. That was a base shot. That is a really cool ballpark, San Francisco. I, I, I went there, and I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned my experience. I've been there twice. I'll save that for the end when I recap uh, what the National League Divisional Series was like in 2016. Maybe we got some fans who were too young to really appreciate it back then. But it was a, a heck of a Cubs series. All right, let's check the box score real quick. Peterson was one for four, two RBI, struck out twice. But again, though, one of those outs should have been a home run. KB was one for four. Baez had a rough day at the plate. A rough, I was going to say a rough game at the plate, but I, I combined day and game and basically said a rough day at the plate. Happy Pride, everybody. By the way, uh, I meant that sincerely. It didn't sound like it because I'm stuttering over my words like a fool. I need some water. 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, Javi. Mm. Anthony Rizzo also 0 for 4. Wilson Contreras 1 for 3. Wilson had a couple wild throws, but they did have a great pickoff of... Uh, no, that was actually the pitcher picking him off. Or was it Wilson? I'm sorry, everybody. Um, I have it right in front of me. Pickoffs. So it was Contreras. See? Trust your instincts, everyone. I was right the first time. Contreras did have a nice pickoff right there. Good snap down tag from Anthony. Hit the guy in the face, I think. I like any tag that gets a guy in the face. How dare you take a big lead off on me? Are you out of your mind? Or if they're trying to steal, you're trying to steal? That's criminal. You don't steal. It's not nice. Actually, stolen bases should. We need to talk about that. Um, We'll talk a little bit. There's been an announcement about what Major League Baseball intends to do with some rule changes. And um, the the big one is uh, pitchers, if you haven't noticed, are throwing wiffle balls these days. I understand the increase in velocity. You know, they've got these guys on these training you know, routines since they're like five years old now. I feel like so many people I know nowadays, they've got their kid playing serious travel ball at maybe not at the age of five, but I feel like come eight, right? So they're training so young. It makes sense that there are more and more players who could throw in the high nineties, but I'm watching the highlights. There's a great account on Twitter. I recommend everyone checking out called at pitching ninja. And some of it's just like, I mean, he's, he's a fan of pitching, so he's not going to be like, Oh, good old, uh, to quote the movie Major League, we got a good old KY ball over there, right? So you get a little phlegm on that, you know, get a little snot, makes the nose run a little bit, throw that on the grip, throwing some screwballs out there, throwing some Bugs Bunny pitches. That's what we're seeing. Kenley Jansen had a pitch two weeks ago that looked like a remote control was operating it. Like the barrel of the bat was about to hit it, and then the ball went, see ya, and just took a complete dive the other way. Something's got to give, and Major League Baseball is going to make a major announcement cracking down on that. There, I basically talked about it. You you understand where I'm coming from. That charge is being led by one Theo Epstein, so I'm, I'm already behind it. All right, Hap 0 for 3. Alcantara, Alcantara, I keep wanting to say Alcantara, but it's Alcantara. Think, think of the classic Nintendo game, Contra, but it's Al, Alcantara. 
He was one for three. I like his plate approach, though. He did strike out once, but he needs to be in the lineup every day until Nico comes back. Sogard, one for three. Um, ground to a double play, too. I just don't like Sogard starting. I, I, I'm not as much of a Sogard hater as you'll see on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, you know, I take personal stuff out of things when I evaluate, evaluate baseball players. He's a guy, though, that is really good off the bench, gives you a solid plate approach, and he's hitting like 330 off the bench. So, or I think it was like 350 as a pinch hitter. So I'm okay with him there. But right now, I would have liked to have seen Wisdom in. But I think, um, you know, a day off, I understand that. Or maybe Wisdom has faced the, the pitcher, Descalafini. I can't screw up the pronunciation of his name. I apologize. And the numbers aren't good. So who knows? But yeah, Davies gave you four and a third, four earned, two walk, four K, eight hits. That's just not a sharp outing out of him at all. And the brothers with the three run shots, typical bullpen pitchers, only credited for one earned, even though they gave up the three run homer. I understand. I understand. Maples gave you an inning and a third. He also added two more earned runs. Didn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on Maples. It's one of those things where I think when Justin Steele comes back, the Cubs are going to have to really be put to a decision. you got a guy like Robert Stock throwing 101 at AAA Iowa. So, yeah, they're going to be, there's going to be some major decisions coming up. Jason Hayward and Marisnik started their rehab assignments. Hayward had a big game. So i got to imagine maybe one more game, and then maybe by the weekend they come back uh, to play in San Francisco. Or they might just let them stay the whole time in Des Moines. San Francisco is a huge ballpark. You got two guys coming off of hamstrings. I don't know if you want them running around in that giant outfield. That's just a guess. Bet online, everyone. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. It's June. It is June already. Can you believe that? June of 2021. This is crazy. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. They probably have one of those Logan Jake things. Jake Logan, those those twin brothers. Are they twins? Are they just they're close in age and both have goofy blonde hair? Something like that. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore. Get in the game. Have some fun. Spice it up a little bit. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I'll say that again, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Hey everybody, sports trade. Let's talk about it. Huh? I've been talking a lot about it, everyone. If you haven't heard of it, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. PS, AMC, just saying. It's no wonder this company is blowing up. This site is really amazing. I frankly can't believe nobody else has thought of this concept before. It's really cool. So it takes fancy to the whole next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. It's a fair and super exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. Making money with sports trade is simple. Player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the player's value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more shares that are purchased in a player, the higher their value goes, right? That makes total sense. So simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. I really think you'll be amazed. Don't send the silence any longer. Get in the action at sportstrade.com. Another huge part of this game and a big, I feel like, growing problem in Major League Baseball at least I feel. At least I, my eyes tell me it's a growing problem. 
And I mean, maybe it's partly due to pitchers, you know, what I said in the last segment about using all sorts of different, you know, gripping concoctions and using the old spitball, using the old, I got a sweaty armpit. I'm going to get a handful of that, rub it on the grip, see what I got. They're doing, they're doing stuff, right? And every day we're seeing videos where it's looking more and more obvious. So maybe that's what's leading to what I'm about to talk about. And that's umpires being horrific at their jobs. Just being bad. I talked about Joe West a few games ago, I believe. And now we've got Laz Diaz. I call there's a there's four people who stick him out in my mind. Four umpires, I should say. And I call them the Mount Rushmore of crappiness. Joe West, number one. His, he's the Washington, the biggest head on the mountain. Number two is Laz Diaz. Number three, Angel Hernandez. And number four, someone who's also on the crew for this weekend's games, C.B. Buckner. If I'm missing anyone else, you could tweet at me, at Lockdown Cubs, at Joe Kilgallen. Uh, I figured out how to log into the uh, the Gmail. I kind of figured out how to log into that for a while. I mean, I know how to log in, but there was a whole thing where they're like, we don't recognize the device you're signing in from. We think you're a hacker. And I'm like, really? Just stop it, Google. You haven't heard? You haven't heard, Google? Joe Kilgallen, new host of Lockdown Cubs. What's up? You know, anyhow. So... Email, hit us up if you could think of any other umpires that are horrifically bad at their jobs. We should make a list and um, and and try to get them to do better. Hey, we want you to do better, right? You hit the jackpot. You're a major league baseball umpire. That's a cool job, though none of them look cool. You'd think there'd be one of them where you're like, it's a cool guy like right there, but they all kind of look like, well, umpires. Is there something about that job that just makes you just become real frumpy and annoyed? I've never seen them smile. They all kind of have that. They carry themselves. You think one of them would be a guy where, because it's a cool job. It's a job. I feel like if you met someone randomly, say you're, you know, your significant others, like, Hey, let's go out to dinner with my friends. And you're like, God, I hate your friends. All right, fine. I'll be there. And you're meeting someone new. Maybe one of her, their friends has a friend and you're like, Oh, hi, I'm, I'm Joe. And they're like, Oh, I'm Mike. Hey, Mike, what do you do for a living? I'm a major league umpire. Just happened to be in town uh, this weekend. Dude, that's awesome. Let's hear about that. You're right. That's a cool job. But I feel like a lot of them are just guys that are like, I bought my boots at Aldi. You know what I mean? I don't know why I'm knocking Aldi. It's a good store. They got Aldi finds, some good stuff in there right now. Uh, fun fact, Aldi and Trader Joe's, they're like brothers started those companies. Two bros just wanting to feed people. Good family. Those parents are proud, right? Whose parents shouldn't be proud? Laz Diaz, C.B. Buckner, Joe West. These guys, it, it's... And maybe it's just that we have better technology now when we got the K zone and all that kind of stuff. But what what kills me is the inconsistency. Now, if you're if the umpire is calling a a pitch three inches off the outside corner a strike, I don't like that. But if it's consistently there through all nine innings where it's established, I'm going to call this pitch a strike, then fine. I could get behind that because there's a level of consistency. But I don't even see that anymore. And I know there's a lot of different accounts out there. MLB Auditor is a cool account on Twitter if you guys are on there. I'm sure they got a Facebook page too. And and that breaks it down. And it's really showing though that most of the time they're within 90%, 95%. But to me, that's not a job in which you could fail 5% of the time. Because that is a huge swing in the momentum of the game. That's just, this isn't, we're not grading this on a curve. You know what I mean? You get 95 in Miss Parsons history class. Good for you. You get 95 between the Giants and Cubs on a Thursday night that I had to stay up super late for. Not good for you. Bad for you. Because I'm going to trash you on my podcast. 
I don't know. I just think, and again, I'm a very pro-union, pro-people having high-paying, six-figure jobs type of guy, but something needs to give. And I really think Major League Baseball would be wise to get that automated robot strike zone thing going on. The home plate umpire could still stand there and be like safer out. I don't know. You know what I mean? They'll still have base umpires. So it's not like it eliminates the whole profession. But why? You know? And then maybe if the home plate umpire doesn't have to worry about if it's a ball or strike, then I'll allow him with the check swing. I can't stand it when the home plate umpire makes the call on the check swing. The batter's pointing down. No, no, no. First base ump, third base ump, let them do it. Why why are you calling it? You've got enough going on. They're doing nothing. Third base umpire, what a sweet gig that is. I know they rotate, but imagine if you were just a third base umpire professionally. What do you do for a living? I umpire third base for Major League Baseball games. How sweet is your job? (laughs) It's the best, man. I mean, there's rarely a play at third. You know what I mean? I got to pay attention for checks, but for the most part, if I just call safe all the time or out all the time, no one's really, they don't get too mad about it. You know, I really don't even have to pay attention at my job. It's great. It's like working in an office, but it's a cooler title, right? Now office people have to pay attention a little bit. What am, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that it's just got, I, I don't know. There's just a few things and I'm glad, you know, I mentioned the whole thing when major league baseball is really going to dive into it this year. Uh, some things that the game can majorly improve on, you know, um, I love the game. I love it. And I don't like, you know, some of the stuff they were doing. I'm like, this is almost like you're punishing longtime supportive fans. But then again, if, if pitching is going to become this dominant, the game did it before. It is funny because some of the people I know who are so against change don't realize the parts of the game they love came from change. So why not be open to change again? The pitching dominated the the 60s, especially the late 60s. 1968, a little refresher course of baseball history for everyone here. In 1968, Carl Yastrzemski, whose grandson, Mike Yastrzemski, plays for the Giants and is having a great season. He led the American League in in hitting. He won the batting title with a 301 average. That's that's low to be the batting champion. Bob Gibson, a 1.12 earned run average. So at that point, they were like, okay, we got to... We got to do something here. This is this is boring right now. So let's spice it up a little bit. I think Major League Baseball needs to do the same thing. Besides making it so pitchers aren't cheating, because that's an advantage to the pitchers. Let's let's switch up the the defense. I, I'm I'm over these shifts. A few more singles would be nice. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm going to baseball games and like I really would like to see a lot of singles, but singles in between doubles and triples and home runs. That adds to it. It's just another layer of it. So, yeah, I would definitely think we got to... I don't know how you'd ban the shift completely. Maybe you'd make a line from second base to the edge of the infield and outfield grass right there, like a straight line where it's like, okay, shortstop, you can't go to this side. You have to be here to here. Second base, you can't go. You like you can't pass this imaginary line. But my one friend said he should do it where it's before the pitch. Which kind of, I don't know, it's not like softball. I think he was thinking like 16-inch softball. You know, when the ball's in the air, then you kind of like, you. Can, I, I like to deke people in softball. I would I'd stand a certain way, and then I see the guy kind of glance over at me going, oh, he's giving me the line. I see that he wants to hit down the line. As the pitch is in the air, I then move over. I've had them hit the ball right to me. And then they kind of look like, how do you get there? What kind of range does this man have? 
I, I took three steps as the ball was going in the air 12 miles per hour. It's not a ton of range. Trust me on that. Built Bar, everybody. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? I always feel like I want to do like a nine, like a Ferris Bueller's nine times. Nine delicious flavors. Plus some occasionally limited time flavors. You got to love that, right? They're always keeping it fun for their customers. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their flavors. okay? If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out because they got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, not caramel. That's right. It's caramel. Uh, it's just amazing. So try Built Bar. It'll get the energy going, right? If you're thinking healthy, this is what you want to do. 17 grams of protein. What a way to start off your day. Hey, Joe, what are the calories? 130 calories, only four grams of sugar. That's the big thing I look for in an energy bar. Order today, everybody. You want to check out mint brownie. Again, I'm emphasizing this for you. Mint brownie is the one. Here's the offer. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. I want to talk about the series in 2016, Cubs-Giants. I know I've gone over this before. The Giants had that whole believe-even crap, which was such a stupid thing. I mean, yeah, you won in 2010, you won in 2012, you won in 2014. Congratulations. Three rings every other year. That's got to be fun for a fan base. But this idea that that's your rallying call, believe even. Believe that we, the Giants, win in even years. What about odd years? No, we don't We don't like odd years. No, we're tired. We don't, well, there's something about the moon in the odd years, right? Like it's some sort of like spiritual thing. Believe even. It's, I don't know. It was dumb. And I talked about this with a good friend of mine, comedian Mike Bryanson, where he was like, it kind of made sense for the Cubs to overcome their curse. I'm doing curse and quotes for everyone listening because I don't believe in curses. We just were a poorly run organization for way too long. We had to beat a team that was trying to do their own superstitious, goofy thing. That was like part of the process in a weird way. So, yeah, it was a great series. Game one, complete pitcher's duel. Cueto versus Lester, both dominating. Ninth inning, or I should say, I'm sorry, the bottom of the eighth inning. If it was the ninth inning, it would be even sweeter because that would mean it would have been a walk-off. We got a walk-off, Derek Zoolander. Javi Baez comes up and just absolutely crushes the ball into the basket. I had to pause there for dramatic effect. Because, honestly, anyone watching that, when that ball was hit, you thought, that is hitting a building on Waveland, or at least that's Waveland bound. That is some street candy right there. No, that win did everything it could on that early October win that you get in Chicago sometimes. It's kind of a fun win, though. I remember going to game one of the National League Divisional Series. No, I'm sorry. I took that back. Game one of the NLCS, Cubs-Marlins 2003. Teenage Joe driving down Addison cranking some welcome to the jungle and i remember there's some guy with a crazy cab that was all decked down cub stuff he was like crank it louder brother and i'm like you got it zz top he looked like zz top kind of and I, I was pumped but there was a chill in the air and i'm like this is kind of like this you want to wear like a light jacket it's playoff baseball right you get you get pumped and when, when i remember when i was watching that game with some friends in an apartment in los angeles that's where i was living at the time i'm, going, I'm sorry i'm bouncing around here a little bit i'm going back to 2016 NLDS game one, Cubs Giants. When that ball was hit, we all jumped in the air like we won the lottery. We were going crazy. And then when it was, when I think it was Matt Kershaw, I can't remember who was doing the, the play by play. I can't remember who it was, but he would, no, um, Lewin, 
Lewin was. I forget Josh Lewin. I think his name is. He was like, Pagan is at the wall. That's in the basket. I could. I'm like, how did they go to the basket? Javi pimped it completely. Just stopped, watched it, dropped the bat a little bit. Um, luckily, it was gone. Can you imagine if it like hit the top of the fence and he only got a single out of it? Ugh, that would have been a gut punch for sure. So right there, we won that one. Chapman comes in, does Chapman stuff. He was great in the Giants series. No, actually, he blew game three, the game I attended, where I believe I told you guys the fans around me were terrible. Terrible. And I had gone to a game, a regular season game earlier that year, Cubs-Giants, where the Cubs won like 9-2. to Jason Hayward got hurt making an, an amazing catch diving on the warning track. Yeah, the Cubs killed him. I went with my wife. We went to Alcatraz, real touristy, San Francisco weekend. And the fans around us were really cool there. Come playoff time, though, very rude. Very, very rude. And um, I just wish I could have found them when after we beat them. Just to shove it in their stupid faces. I'm sorry. They they were rude. They were rude. I don't mean to get aggressive and or violent, but they, they were. I just don't. I don't like, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to rub it in a little bit and, and, and all in good natured fun. But it wasn't good natured fun at that point. The, I told you the one guy was like spitting on people's seats. He was throwing things. He, he couldn't just, he was just so, to the point where the people around him were starting, I had Giants fans apologizing for him. I'm like, no, I get it, man. You don't want one person representing all of you. But lo and behold, on my walk out, it was torturous. I don't know what was going on with them. You know, sometimes fan bases, when they get too accustomed to winning, people start to hate them. You know, everyone knows, like the, oh, the Red Sox, they won no four, and then everyone all of a sudden became like, oh, God, the Red Sox are so obnoxious, can't stand the Red Sox anymore. They, they they went from being this underdog that you wanted to win to being like just the worst team ever as far as a fan base goes. So I get that. Though, when it's your team doing it, you love it. I'm sure I grew up a Bulls fan in the 90s. I'm sure so many people across the country hated the Bulls and hated us as fans. But I loved it. I'm glad. I hope the Cubs get to that point. I hope we keep winning World Series or start another run soon here, you know? And people just are like, you know what? I liked you guys a lot better when you were losers. I'm like, well, I didn't. So that series, though, game two was a pretty easy victory. Kyle Hendricks took a line drive off the hand, and we were a little worried there. But then Travis Wood comes in, hits a home run. Pretty clean, easy victory, 5-2. Game three, Arietta. Everyone's talking about because Bumgarner was coming off of being like playoff Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner was, at the time, one of the best playoff pitchers we had seen in a long time. Right up there with John Lester. People kept forgetting about Lester. Every time they showed these numbers, I'm like, Lester's name is just slightly below his. Why are they forgetting about Lester? I want to sing forgot about Dre, but forgot about Lester. And uh, Jake Arietta just hit an absolute smoke. Three-run shot, line drive, up fastball that he knew was coming, got right out ahead of it. I was going insane. There's a bad spot in that. I was sitting in, in a bad spot, though, in that ballpark. That's why Wrigley really is the best ballpark. Other than an occasional, where there's like eight seats, it might have some obstructive view. You could see everything. And the upper deck there isn't that upper. The upper deck at AT&T Park, I believe it's called. Some of these corporate names, they change constantly, so you're never sure. You could, I couldn't tell if it was a home run. Do you know how I knew? I was staring at the Cubs dugout because I was in that left field corner. So we couldn't see below. We were so far back that we had no idea. So for both the the bum, I'm sorry, the Arietta home run and for when Chris Bryant tied it later, I had to look at the Cubs reaction to see. And I did. And I, I remember going nuts for it. And people were like, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, look, look, look. And I'm like, all right, we go nuts. So Ross says his last uh, memory, David Ross, Cubs manager, was uh, when the Cubs had that epic comeback. They were down 5-2 in the ninth. And of the two runs, one of them was a David Ross solo home runoff lefty pitcher, Matt Moore. 
And the way it started, Bryant uh, walk. Riz, no, Bryant base hit, Rizzo walk, first and second. Zobris, that number five hitter that I would love to see almost Nico Horner develop into, a five or six hitter who's a high contact guy. That's what was so crucial. I think that you want those high contact guys in the middle. Aramis Ramirez was that guy for the Cubs for a few seasons there from like, oh, when we got him in 03 all the way through like, you know, 2010, 2011, where he was a guy that hit fourth or fifth. I think he was the best when he was hitting fifth, and he he was a power hitter that did not strike out a lot. Now, Zobris never had as much power as Aramis, but he was a better hitter than Aramis. So he doubles down the line. Bryant scores, Rizzo at third, second and third. Wilson Contreras comes up, pinch hitting. It was a good call, though, because this was the type of pitcher where he lined up nicely. Contreras doesn't try to do too much. Base it up the middle. That's what Madden was very good at doing, trying to get hitters to realize you don't need to do too much. Don't, like, overextend yourself. They had a great phrase, don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure, which I thought was kind of cool. You know, that's where he's great. Joe Madden will always, to me, be one of the greatest managers for a young, up-and-coming team. My only qualm on Joe and again, I don't even want to say anything bad about him because he was the manager when the Cubs won the World Series, was that he wasn't great with bullpens. And once those young players become veterans, they kind of want a little bit more stability. You know, they don't want to show up to the ballpark every day being like, where I'm batting where and playing where now? Why? You know, he kind of did a little too much of that, and it got too cute for his own good at a time. Anyhow, so then Javi Baez, first Jason Hayward, who was just so bad that season. I love you, Jason Hayward. Great teammate, great speech. Guy gives a JFK-like speech, an MLK-like speech. Who else gives a great Captain America-like speech? And uh, he hits what it should have been an inning, any double play. But Brandon Crawford, which this was another one of those things where you're like, oh, man, this is something that usually happens to the Cubs, but finally happened to a different team. Brandon Crawford threw the ball away. Brandon Crawford was basically the best defensive shortstop in baseball that season. Addison Russell was second. So the way in 2003 when Alex Gonzalez, who was elite at shortstop, booted at routine play, Brandon Crawford threw the ball away. He turns that. Then it's 5-5. Five, five, we're going in extras. He doesn't. Hayward takes second. Javi Baez then comes up. We forget the Cubs lineup was so deep in 2016 that Baez, who again was just in his first full season like so many other players were, he batted eighth. Javi comes up, takes a 0-2, 99-mile, or maybe it was 100. It was 99 or 100-mile-an-hour fastball from Strickland. Hits it in the center field. Right there, Cubs take a lead, 6-5. Chapman strikes out the side. Everyone's celebrating. The Cubs are back in the NLCS, and we all know what happens after that. All right, Cubs fans, thank you for listening to the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Uh, I'll be back uh, next week. You guys have a great weekend. Hopefully, we're talking about a Cubs series win. Really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Check out my stand-up comedy on YouTube. I actually just posted a Greatest Hits 45-minute compilation video uh, just to kind of keep things updated over on the YouTube. And um, keep listening to this. Write a review. Tell your friends. Cheers, guys. Go come. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.